0: Hello, City First Church. I want to take a moment and welcome each and every one of you, especially all of our locations. Right now, if you are in Cape Coral, Florida, uh, Jen and I love you so much. I'm so glad that you are with us here today. Also, if you are a part of God Behind Bars or even watching on the app right now through God Behind Bars, want to just say we love you so much. We can't wait until we get back in person again and to see each and every one of you. Also want to greet the State Line crew as well as everyone at Spring Creek, as well as everybody watching literally from all over the place. In fact, every single week we have people watching from not only all over the Midwest and down in Southwest Florida, but also all over the nation and even other parts of the world. So thank you so much for joining us here at City First, because I'm so glad that you joined us today and you are a part of the City First family. Now if you're watching for the very first time, I want to just say this, you're officially adopted into the City First Church family. You know, we say this all the time that everyone is welcome. No one is perfect. We want you to be a part of this place and everyone is on a spiritual journey and uh, City First is a great place for you to call home. Now, we had something pretty eventful happen a couple of weeks ago in our nation, uh, something that is truly life-changing. It happens every single year, and that is this, that the pumpkin spice latte was introduced again. Now, you know what that means? It means this, that a lot of people are discussing whether or not it is too soon to celebrate the fall season. So right where you're at right now, let's take a poll. All right, right where you're at, whether you are in person at Cape or whether you are watching in your living room or on your smart device, right now, let's take a poll. If you think it is too early to celebrate the fall season, go ahead and raise your hand. All right, come on, right now, raise your hand. Now, If you think it's never too early to celebrate the fall season, that the introduction of the pumpkin spice latte is the kickoff to the fall season, and you're excited about it, go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, all right. Now, I came across this meme this week, and uh, I think it's kind of funny. Here it is right now. Some of you can relate to this. When someone says it's too soon for pumpkin spice, and you realize You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Some of you can resonate with that, right? Well, let me show you this other thing that I saw this week. Here's a video, and I think this is actually too early. Watch this. That's right, Christmas trees at Costco. Can you believe that? I mean, now, I don't know who you are. I realize many of you, you you love Christmas, but can I just say as your pastor, It is too early for Christmas. It's September for Pete's sakes. And I love Christmas, but you know what? If you think that it's time for Christmas, I'm going to pray for you right now. No, I'm just kidding. It seems like these seasons are creeping up on us really quickly. And I can't believe it's already September. I can't believe it's already fall season. But here's the exciting thing. At City First, Fall means this, that we enter into a new ministry season. And today I'm launching into a brand new series called Who Needs Church? I realize some of you probably saw this on social media and you thought, wow, that's an interesting title. So put on your seatbelts because I really want us to buckle in and talk over the next few weeks here about who needs church. And here's the reason why we're talking about it. Church looks really, really different in America right now. It looks really, really different for a city first. In fact, most churches in America are not meeting in person. Some are like our Cape family. And depending on where you live and the local mindset about gathering and state regulations, there are all kinds of opinions right now about gathering as a church. Some are saying, we need to gather in person. And some are saying, we need to stay online. And by the way, just a little sidebar note here, we're getting about equal amounts of both opinions emailed, DM'd to us, or communicated to us. Which means this, there are a lot of people who are on both sides of that fence. I think most people who consistently came to church before COVID are really, really missing in-person gatherings. I know that Jen and I are missing in-person gatherings here at the Spring Creek and also at the State Line locations, as well as our God Behind Bars locations. And I've heard people around the nation, pastors talking about reopening the church. Well, to that I say, City First was never closed. Do you hear that? You know, we weren't able to have in person gatherings, but trust me, City First never closed its doors and turned out the lights. Instead, we decided to go out outside of the four walls of our locations and to try to make a difference in the name of Jesus. And because of your generosity, so far during the COVID season, we've given away over 750,000 pounds of food. Three quarters of a million pounds of food we've given away. You know, we have helped people that are immunocompromised. We've helped the elderly. We're continuing to help these individuals the marginalized, we've been trying to show the love of Jesus to our communities. And we have also been putting a lot of effort into this right here, this broadcasting of our services online. Trust me, it takes a lot of effort to do this. Tens of thousands of people have watched from all over the nation on all of our social media platforms and our various online platforms combined. You know what? People are finding Jesus. People are finding hope. Trust me, the church is not closed, so we don't have to reopen. As Jen and I and the team are gearing towards getting all of our locations back in person, I want to remind us of this powerful truth, and that is this, that the church is not and never has been a building. It has always been a movement. In fact, in the New Testament, the word for church is in the Greek, ekklesia. It means this, a gathering or an assembly of people called out for a specific purpose. It is not a religious term. In fact, in the first century church, as people who were far from faith, Tried to describe this new group of people called Christians, or back then it was called the Way. As they tried to describe this group, they didn't know what term to use. So they used a term that was common in their culture of that day, ecclesia. Basically, it meant this. It meant a gathering for civic purposes. It also, ecclesia was used sometimes to, to describe soldiers gathering for military purposes. In other words, ecclesia never meant a building. It always meant a movement, a gathering of people who formed a movement. And because the church is not a building, and because it is a movement, that is why City First has continued to stay very much open during this COVID crisis. Here at City First, in fact, we've even woven this idea of ecclesia into our vision statement. Our vision statement is to be a movement, hear that? An ecclesia, a movement of God's love so cities are full of hope and people are full of purpose. Movements don't stay seated inside of buildings. Movements spill out into the streets and into the community and make a difference. And in this crisis, we have been forced to realize this. And we have enthusiastically practiced this, being in a movement of God's love so that cities are full of love, full of God's purpose, that they know, whether it be in Rockford, Illinois, whether it be in the state line area, whether it be down in Cape Coral, Florida, North Fort Myers or Fort Myers, that God is real and God loves them because we want to be a movement of God's love. Let me state this also, the gathering in person is also very important. I'm not diminishing that and that we are working really hard as the leadership of City First to figure out how to meet together in person as quickly and as safely as possible. Be staying tuned because we have some very exciting information that is going to be released soon. So keep praying with us about that subject, especially Cape. I realize you're already in person, but be praying for the other locations of City First, our church, our one church with multiple locations so that all of us can safely and quickly gather in person soon. You know, growing up, my kids would sometimes ask me, dad, why do we have to go to church? In fact, they would sometimes say this, do we go to church because you're the pastor, because you're the leader of the church? And you know what I would say to them? I would say every time I'd say, no, we don't go to church because I'm the pastor. That is not the reason. Even if I wasn't the pastor, we would still gather. And, and here's the reason why. It's because there's something really important and i would even say incarnational and supernatural about coming together so i've decided to do this series called who needs church who needs church see a lot of people are questioning that right now in the middle of this covid season do we need to gather do what does church look like who is the church is the church a building or is the church a movement why do we need church well The simple answer to who needs church is this, is that you do, and your family does, and your friends do, and your co-workers, and here's the reason why, and it's what I want to talk about today. Listen, dial into this. The reason why you need church is you need a place to belong. You need a place to belong. In fact, every person needs and wants a place to belong. In the 80s and the 90s, there were these two epic TV shows that centered around the idea of belonging or finding a place to belong. And you may have seen them if you're old like me, or you may have heard about them if you're young. But in the 80s, there was this show by the name of Cheers. Now, some of you have seen this show. In fact, right now, kind of gave me a wave, wherever you're at right now, if you've seen the show, cheers, right? Well, it had this theme song, this jingle that, that honestly it got in your head and it wouldn't leave. And the theme song goes something like this. And by the way, I'm not going to sing it because I want to just save you the, the, the pain of that. But the, the words go like this. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad that you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. And you know, this song would be at the start of every week's sitcom, and it got literally into the heads of Americans. Whoever wrote that genius song, that little jingle, completely describes what every human being on the face of the earth wants. We want a place to belong, where people know our name, where we understand that our problems are all the same. And people are glad to see that you came. You see, we want that deep down inside. Now, there was also a show in the 90s. Can anybody guess what that show was? That's right, some of you got it. Friends, an epic TV show. Friends, and I know some of you right now, you are Friends, fans, right? So that song also got into our heads as Americans, and it went something like this. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. Again, another genius jingle, because this is the reason why. You and I need a place to belong where people are there for us and we are there for them. There's safety. There's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of family and and I'd say it like this. I would say that you will search in your life until you find a place to belong. All of us are searching for a place to belong. And I don't care what age you are. It doesn't matter what stage of life you are. It does not matter what you do for a living. You want a place to belong, and you will search for that until you find it. Recently, Jen and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. It was back in July, and we were supposed to go to Hawaii to celebrate. In fact, we had been planning for over a year and saving our money to go to Hawaii for our 25th anniversary. Well, then 2020 happened, right? So obviously, we were not able to go. So we decided, even though we were bummed out, we decided to take some of the money that we had saved, and instead of going on the trip, we bought Jen a 1972 Jeep CJ5. And you say, why? Well, when I met Jen in 1991, many, many moons ago, when I first met her and we started dating, she was driving her uncle's 1979 CJ7. And so she's a Jeep girl. In fact, when I met her, she was cool driving in this Jeep. And I'm like, wow, she's hot, you know? And, and so we decided for the 25th wedding anniversary that we were going to go ahead and buy an old Jeep. And, and, uh, and so we did that. So we found one. I found one in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, literally. This guy sold it to us, and it leaks oil, and you know, it has a 1972 gearbox, which means that it's really hard to get into gear. And I've already had to have a friend help me fix the brakes on it, but it's great. We love it. I mean, this thing is just it's it's a vintage, you could say. But I noticed something. I noticed something when when I drive it or should I say when Jen allows me to drive her Jeep um, I notice something there's a special wave that people who have Jeeps have when they drive down the road like like there's a special kind of a little what's up In, in fact every time I drive by somebody in another Jeep they give me a wave in other words there is a community where they belong. And by the way, if you don't own a Jeep, you don't get the wave. You see, Jeep owners have found each other based upon their common passion of owning a Jeep. And here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that people's common passion brings them together where they eventually find belonging. You hear what I just said? That their passions bring them together. All of us. If you have a pulse, this is us. You are a part of this. Your passions find each other, and eventually you find belonging. It's everywhere. Like if you ride a Harley, guess what? There's a community of shared passion, and there then becomes a belonging. If you play golf, it's the same way. A shared passion, and eventually you find belonging. If you're a shopper, guess what? You find other shoppers, and you find belonging, as well as a lot of other things in the mall, right? Or if you're a sneakerhead, you love shoes. It's a shared passion, and you find belonging. Here's a big one. Political parties, right? That if you find other people that share your political views and your passions, you find belonging. If you're a vegan, you share a passion, and you find belonging. If you're a hunter on the opposite end of a vegan, guess what? You find passion that is shared and you find belonging. So what am I driving at here? I'm driving at this. If we as Christ followers have a common passion of Jesus, then it should bring us together where we find belonging. Do you hear that? Not only are you called to have a relationship with Jesus, but you are also called to belong to God's family. In fact, it says in the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul writes this very powerful truth regarding the subject I'm talking about today. And that is this. He says his, meaning God's, unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You hear that? That when we find Jesus, he gathers us and adopts us into his family. God's family is called the church. You hear that? So when you're a part of God's family, you know what that means? You're a part of the church. I don't mean the building. I'm talking the ecclesia, the movement. Now I realize there are probably some people right now that are watching this and you've had a negative experience with church. Well, guess what? I've had negative experiences with church too, and I'm a pastor. I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it was okay, but here's the truth about church is that when God gathers all of his sons and daughters in the name and under the name of Jesus Christ and adopts us into his family, the church, there's a lot of dysfunction. It doesn't mean that God's dysfunctional. It doesn't mean that he is imperfect, but guess what? All of his children are. And so sometimes you have a bad experience at church. I've had them and maybe you've had them before. can i say something as your pastor we need to get over it and move on and i'm not trying to be heartless by saying that here's the reason why you've had a bad haircut but that didn't prevent you from having other haircuts you've had terrible food at a restaurant and that didn't prevent you from going to other restaurants You have maybe had a bad experience at work with an unruly boss, and guess what? That didn't stop you from working. Guess what? We have to move on from our bad experiences, and we have to have grace to realize that the church is full of imperfect people. In fact, I would say this, City First Church is full of imperfect people. Going back to that little jingle before, we realize that all of our problems are the same you know what we have? We have a sin problem. A sin problem of having missed the mark, God's perfect standard. And so unfortunately, we live in this hopelessly broken world, which sometimes means that God's family is full of broken people. In fact, I would say this, God's family is always full of broken people. So there's going to be no church that you are going to go to that is going to be perfect. The only church that you're going to be completely happy with is the one that you attend alone. And can I tell you something? That one would be dysfunctional too. So the church always has been messy. It's always been full of imperfect people. I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it's okay, but I am stating a reality. So since the beginning, though, we realize we have a perfect leader. The Bible says that Jesus is the head of God's family, the church. And through all of our mess and all of our dysfunction, we find ourselves in this family. This family that brings us belonging and we discover who we are in Christ. In fact, it says this in Ephesians chapter two. It says... So now you are no longer visitors or strangers. I want you to really listen to that word, strangers. Now you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. You see, God doesn't want you to be a stranger. And can I just say this as your pastor? I don't want you to be a stranger. I want you to belong. God wants you to belong. And where you belong you begin to learn who you are, you begin to learn your identity. Wherever you belong, you begin to discover your identity. You see, the difference between church and any other group on the face of the earth is this it is in God's family or the church, is where you discover your true identity. Notice I said true identity. See, in a healthy family you learn who you are and the reality is that most of our identity is formed through relationships and our first relationships are our earthly families but the problem with that is this is for many of us our earthly families our earthly relationships have maybe not been all that positive so unfortunately we didn't learn our proper identity, but here's the good news. The good news is God has now adopted you into his family, and he is the perfect father, even though you have imperfect brothers and sisters. It says in Ephesians chapter 2:19, but a different version of the Bible, it says, you are members of God's very own family. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. This family is the most important family. It is the permanent family. It will last forever. In fact, someday this church family is the one that's going to be together in heaven. Your physical family is just a channel to your spiritual one. The world uses all kinds of superficial identifiers to help us create our identity. In fact, the world will say this, that you're short or you're tall or that you have dark hair or you have light hair. Or, or possibly that you're this ethnicity or that ethnicity, or that you're good-looking or bad-looking. The world says all these things. And again, that's not all bad. But my point is, is this, is what really matters is your spiritual identity, not who you are on the outside or how you look on the outside, but who you are on the inside. That's your most important identity. That's your spiritual identity, and that can only be found in God's family. So it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, it says Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. That is why he isn't ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. You see, you are now in a family where your past choices don't define you. In fact, Jesus, it says, is not ashamed of you. So as I close... I want to show you how Jesus' followers gathered approximately 2,000 years ago. How they understood belonging. How they eventually understood their true God-given identity. Not their exterior identity, but their interior spiritual identity. In fact, we've actually built our church methodology around what I'm about ready to tell you. It says in Acts chapter 2, this was the very first first century church. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. In other words, they gathered in large groups. They broke bread in their homes. In other words, they gathered also in smaller groups. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In other words, God blessed it. So what did they do? They gathered in large groups in the temple courts. That's what we do at weekend services. And also they broke bread together in their homes. That's what we do called life groups, smaller groups. You see, some of you are ready to meet in the large group. Some of you right now at Cape are meeting in the large group. Some of you are not ready to meet in large groups yet. Maybe you're immunocompromised. Maybe you're still a little bit full of trepidation and unsure. And and can I tell you something? I get that, all right? But here's a thought. If you're not ready to meet in the large group, or even if you are meeting in the large group, let's also look at meeting in the smaller group, what we call life groups. And here's the reason why. It's because We are empowered and encouraged when we worship together in the big group, and that's important. But we are finding our identities, and we find belonging, and we find a place of safety in the small group. That's why small groups are so important. So let me ask you this question. Who are you already doing life with? Who are you already doing life with? Because you're actually already meeting in small groups. You're, you're meeting with your family. You're meeting with your friends. You're, you're gathering with coworkers. Maybe you're going to restaurants with people. Maybe you have hobbies that you're hanging out with. You have roommates. You see, you already have a group you're meeting with. So why don't you make that group you're already meeting with your life group? You heard what I said. I want you to think out of the box here for a moment, okay? I want you to put away what you maybe have as a preconceived idea of what a small group is like. I want you to think of it this way. Who are you already meeting with? Why don't you make that your life group? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Jer, I'm not a pastor. Uh, I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't know how to lead a Bible study. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Our life groups is city First consist of all different types of small gatherings. Some of them are Bible studies. Some of them are activity-based or activity-centered groups. In other words, there's people that go mountain biking together. There's people that golf together. There's people that gather, and maybe they do a Roman study together. There's all different types of groups. But this is what we're asking every life group has in the mix of their gathering. In fact, we call it ESPN. I mean, I say that some of you are like going, ESPN, a small group, ESPN, I'm in. Well, yes, it's kind of like the the TV network, but here's the acronym. It has these four things. E means that there's encouragement. You know that people need to be encouraged nowadays. In fact, when they gather, they don't want to be discouraged. They want to have encouragement. So can your small group your life group just be an encouraging environment the second thing asks is this scripture that maybe there's a scriptural thought that you talk about maybe as you're playing basketball together after you're done one of you stands up and says hey listen i read this verse and i just think this is a cool verse for us to think about this week that a scripture is introduced into the gathering the next one is P for prayer. You know, I realize it's hard sometimes to pray with other people. I realize that that can be awkward. But can I tell you something? As a pastor for 30 years, I've noticed this. People actually appreciate it when you pray for them. In fact, I will tell you, I've never had somebody ever turn me down when I've asked them if it was okay that I prayed for them. In fact, I even did this this week. I got on the phone with someone on the other side of the nation who's going through a really difficult time. And I asked them this question. I said, hey, buddy, what can I pray for you about? And guess what he did? He listed off a couple of things. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you over the next week about these things. In fact, some of you might even want to just take a moment and in your life group, just pray right there. And how do you pray? Well, you talk to God like you talk to a friend. The last thing that can be a part of a life group is 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 the end and that is a next step we're always encouraging somebody to take a next step maybe if they're far from faith maybe their next step is they become curious about faith maybe they just uh, attend an in person gathering when we have them, or or, or maybe they, they attend a, a, an, another life group meeting. You see, it's just a next step. Or, or maybe if they're already in a life group or they're already a Christ follower, maybe their next step is they go to Growth Track. In fact, we're going to be firing up Growth Track here at the beginning of October again. And we do this at the very beginning of every month. And we're saying, everybody jump in, whether that be in person or whether that be virtual, jump into Growth Track because it's going to help you discover how to take a next step in your faith. So everybody can take a next step. Just remember ESPN, you're already gathering a group. So why don't you add ESPN into that group and call it a life group? In fact, we're gonna ask you to do this. Let us know if you gather together and you decide to have a life group. In fact, here's a powerful story of someone whose life was changed just because she decided to take that next step she decided to get involved in a life group. Her name is Sarah, and she was going through a really, really tough time, but then at City First, she found belonging in a life group. Watch this.
1: Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm a teacher at Pectonica Middle School starting my 10th year. I have two dogs that I love. I love sports, and I love City First. I grew up a Christian, and um, went to school at a Catholic school and a Lutheran college, and fell in love right after college, and um, was married for a year and a half. And then my now ex-husband told me he didn't want to be married anymore. And I found some things out that told me that he wasn't the person that I married. And so walking through a divorce, um, as soon as he told me that, the very next weekend, I decided to come to City First, and it's the best decision I ever made. I think if anything, I was just searching for something and was like desperate for anything because my world was falling apart around me. My worship experience was nothing like I had experienced before. Then got plugged into church and I grew my faith and experienced Jesus for the first time went to life group, signed up right away and forced myself to go and I knew with everything going on that I needed to get plugged in and needed to meet people and I told myself even though it might be awkward, even though I might be uncomfortable, I needed to join a life group. Stepping out, it was probably one of the, it was one of the best things I could have ever done. My life group leaders, Carly, and we have a group that is just young adult women who meet. Hey. Hey. Hello, hello. I would say life group to me is just a support system as well as growth in my faith and in my personal development. I know that I have people that I can text if I need anything or I can call, and I have people that are pushing me with my spiritual walk. So with the COVID pandemic, I know it's been it's been hard for me with being a teacher, having to be remote. You can kind of lose that connection. So now more than ever, community is so important. So finding a way to get plugged in and get connected even if it's virtually is important. Um, I know that there's life groups that are meeting virtually or there's life groups that are based around a hobby or a sport. I think that's huge too, that nobody's perfect. We're all there because we want more. We want to experience God and we want to be able to have that group of believers that we can walk through difficulties with. Just knowing that I have people that would be there, it's huge.
2: we love Sarah's story. We're not only do we love life groups, they change her life, but they also have changed our life. And so we wanna encourage you today to get in a life group. And here's the thing about life groups. We don't want you to stop doing what you're doing to do what we're doing. We want you to keep doing what you're doing, but make it a group.
3: Yeah, a group can simply be a group of people you golf with every week or maybe play basketball with or maybe it's a mom's group that you grab coffee with each and every week. So life groups are simply just a gathering of people who come together with a specific purpose. Perhaps you've thought about starting a life group or maybe joining a life group, but you don't want to make a forever commitment. Well, around here, we do life groups in semesters. So if you're launching a group or you're joining a group, it's not for your whole life. It's not even for a whole year. It's just for a few months. And if you'd like, to begin your own life group, we will have a free resource for you that we want you to take advantage. It's called our Connect Pack. So if you text Connect Pack to 25827, you're gonna be able to request your kit. And inside you'll find resources that will help you connect with your friends, grow together, have a lot of fun, and there's some exclusive city first gear that you're gonna want inside.
2: I want the exclusive City First gear that's going to be inside. And hey, not only maybe you're going to go, I want to launch a group, but maybe you're watching right now and you want to get in a group, but you don't know where to start. We would love to help you. Just visit the website under the Life Group section. There's a button right there that says, help me find a group. Click that and we will make sure that you are taken care of. Well, we love you, City First Church. We want everybody to get in a group or to launch a group. It's not complicated, but it is significant. And we hope you have an amazing week. What a great time we had today getting to hear this incredible and helpful message from pastor jeremy
3: yeah and if you are encouraged by today's message we want you to share it with your friends dm them a link or maybe text them because we want them to be encouraged as well
2: that's right we love you and we can't wait to see you next time